0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third. I'm your host, Sandra Herrera, CBS Sports lead NWSL writer, joined today by my colleague and co-host, Lisa the Roman, NWS NWSL Play by Play Analyst. How are you doing today, Lisa?
1: Sandra, I'm good. You can't forget that it's also Olympic time. So you are an Olympic writer right now. Um, you do thank it all. You don't sleep and you still look fabulous. And it's so impressive to see. I love it. Everyone, if you need a place to hear about the Olympics, of course, you can always come to Attacking Therapy. Check out Sandra Herrera and her writing on CBSports.com. I'm giving you all the plugs today, Sandra, because you've been working your tail off to cover these Olympics. So thank you so much. Keep it up. I did not expect to have
0: emotions this early in <laughs> the episode, but that's what happens when you have a good working relationship with somebody. You hype each other up. Love to hear okay, it. Yeah. I'm excited for this episode. We have a super sized preview episode for all of our listeners today. I mean, yes, the Olympics are happening, and we are here for you. We want to be your go to place for the, your Olympic coverage, reactions, in depth analysis. But we're also here for NWSL baby. So we're going to be previewing Olympics with USA going up against New Zealand. And we're going to be previewing all of the NWSL action that's going to be taking place over this weekend. But because first,
1: the NWSL doesn't stop for the Olympics, which soccer never, is great.
0: Sleeps. It never ever never sleeps. sleeps. And that includes with us. We thought, you know, maybe today we'll have a little bit of a lighter day because yesterday was so chaotic. No, we're going to keep we're going to keep going. There's a lot to get into. With all of these games and even a little bit of news, but but first we're gonna do a quick, quick plug for everybody. The NBA playoffs have wrapped, and that means it's NBA draft season. CBS Sports HQ is your home for Thursday night's event. We'll have pick-by-pick coverage, including grades and expert analysis for both rounds. So how to watch HQ? I'm glad you asked. You can watch on CBS Sports app on your phone. It even pops out so you can have it playing while you scroll Twitter. You can watch using the CBS Sports app on your connected TV and you can watch on your computer via our NBA draft tracker page, which will be easily available on CBS homepage. And it's all free. And featuring our good friends Gary Parrish, Matt Norlander, Avery Johnson, Bill Ryder, and Rip Hamilton. So don't forget, NBA draft coverage tips off at 7:30 p.m. on CBS Sports HQ this
1: Thursday. Lisa, did you watch any of the NBA finals? Uh, yes, I did. I am, although I'm in Philadelphia, born and raised in Philadelphia. I have a very soft spot in my heart for the Bucks and for Giannis. I went to school in Milwaukee. I had the pleasure of working for Fox Sports Wisconsin and covering the Bucks and the Brewers my senior year. And yes, go Bucks, go Bucks. What about you, Sandra? Midwestern at heart over there? Listen, I'm, I rolled up today to record this
0: podcast in my socks hat. And in true Midwest fashion, I was like, look, you got to cling to any little Midwest high. And I absolutely am so thrilled for Giannis and, and the Milwaukee Bucks Uh, and hyped for mm-hmm. off season is always where everything happens. So that includes even in the NBA. So uh shout out to the draft coming up and I hope everyone uh, tunes in via, via the sports app, uh, the CBS sports app to take a look at that. Uh, But we got to get into this content, Lisa, the folks are here to listen to our sick Olympic content. We've got, United States Women's National Team taking on New Zealand. United States coming off of a huge loss to Sweden, a bit of a shocking loss, uh, quite frankly. Uh, it's going to take place on Saturday, July 24th at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time in Tokyo Stadium. But New Zealand also coming off of a loss of their own to Australia two one man. We got to just dive right in. I- It's sort of only three group matches in a group stage, hard to believe, but it really feels like this is a bit of a must win for both of these teams.
1: It is New Zealand coming off um, that two to one loss over Australia. That was a really big challenge for them. New Zealand hadn't played a game before then for about like sixteen months or something. Um, Australia, no, they haven't faced a lot of competition either. But the rivalry between. Those two countries is so big. So the fact that New Zealand was able to score in that match against Australia is, is really big, especially because um, for those who didn't get a chance to watch that game or haven't read any of the recaps, Sandra, I'm sure you're all over those recaps. Australia had the lead in that game two nil about 30 minutes into the game. So Australia came out hot and heavy on the front foot, looking to get goals. And that's exactly what they did. Um, Throughout the second half, um, New Zealand got back into it. Australia kind of let up a little bit, but when... I mean, that was a great game in and of itself. I'm sure you can go back and watch it. People that did not make, did not watch that one, but now looking ahead as the United States, look at this New Zealand squad. They need to be ready. We touched on the U S and what happened in their last matchup against Sweden and that three, no loss, which was really bad. And and we'll get into this USA side and what they need to do. And Sandra, I'm going to pick your brain on what those players said in those media availabilities. However, New Zealand, they have really good players. They have a young squad. I think going into this Olympic, uh, there was three or four players that were completely uncapped. One of them, Gabby Runny, she subbed into the game late against Australia, ended up getting a goal in her first cap with New Zealand. She scores a goal. And it, I think it was in the first minute of stoppage time against Australia. So for New Zealand, that shows how much heart, how much grit, how much fight they have, especially in these Olympics. And now they take a look ahead to a game against the United States where they, it's a must win for New Zealand. Um, They know the United States is big. However, if you look at their last match against Sweden, there are plenty of places that New Zealand can capitalize against this United States squad. Um, a, another player for New Zealand, besides all the young talent they have going up against a very experienced United States team, goalkeeper, Aaron Naylor. She had a tremendous game against Australia. She kept New Zealand in that game. It could have easily been four or five, nothing or I guess one, thanks to the goal from Gabby Runny. Um, But goalkeeper Aaron Naylor is, is good. And So the United States has a tricky opposition against New Zealand and in goal. However, Naylor can get out of positioning in the game against Australia. There was a few times she was caught off her line um, and she's had to make up for it with her great saves. If she can stay tight positionally and not get pulled out of position, she can make more saves and bigger saves and perhaps both of those Australia goals don't go in. However, they were really good goals. Um, this, This matchup is is a must win for the United States and New Zealand and New Zealand is going to bring it. They are going to bring it. They have the young players, um, but they're already fired up. They got their big game over with Australia. That, that matchup is huge for them. And now they're looking at a United States team that is older. That is older. Just like numbers wise on these rosters for New Zealand, 10 players are 25 years or younger. 10 of them. The United States has two, Tierna (laughs) Davidson and Katarina Macario. Two. The United States has two. Now, on the other side of that, the United States has 11 players that are over the age of 30, and New Zealand only has six over the age of 30. But New Zealand's squad is so young and there are so many pros and cons to go with having a young inexperienced squad and an older veteran squad. And we can dive into that, but Sandra initial thoughts when you take a look at this matchup and, and especially the United States coming off of that Sweden loss, how has their mindset changed and and what changes for them going into this New Zealand game? You know, I think I've referred to this
0: team before in the past as like a straight up machine, but like with personality Uh, Because I think when people think about, you know, like a very maybe bridged machine type of team, like we think of those um, those early 2000 teams from from Germany, just, you know, just built a certain type of way. And so is this United States team. But I say that they're they're a bit of a machine, but with with personality and um, we hear all the time. that that's that's part of their DNA. It's built into them to never say die and to never quit and to continue to sort of keep improving when there is opportunity to improve. Uh, And they're coming off of one of their toughest losses um, in that 44 game on beaten streak, which was snapped. Um, And there's a ton there for them to look at, you know, late, late last night uh, sitting in on the media availability with Alyssa Nair and and Tierna Davidson, that essentially was everything that they were echoing and in the olympics more than any other time of the year and any other type of competition you have to have a short memory and we hear that a lot with pro athletes and anybody who plays a sport professionally that you can't you can't dwell on that okay. stuff uh, the, the losses that occurred in the past you can use them as motivation um but it's different dwelling versus fuel right so Already, that's everything that we're hearing from these players. Uh, we had Alyssa Nayer for access to Alyssa Nayer first, already talking about how she has to channel her inner Bill Belichick, you know, to try mm-hmm. to, you know, map things out ahead, looking at, at New Zealand. And when we had access to Tierna Davidson, uh, you know, she like you said, she's one of the youngest players on this team. And I was like, man, I really want to ask Tierna a question. And these are two two players that I've covered for a while in Chicago via the Red Star. So I just am already a little bit familiar with their personalities and and how they navigate their media sessions. Um, But I was very curious to to ask a young player like like Davidson, because this is only her second uh, international competition Mm -hmm. at the senior level with this team. And the first experience was that World Cup, where it was a great experience, where they just were like the team to beat. And they were just unreal performances happening in that World Cup in 2019 to now having an Olympics where it's a little bit different. And we hear all of the time how how difficult the Olympic games are and you're playing them in peak heat, peak humidity. There's only a couple of days of rest between each game on top of travel because there's still travel when you go to a host country. Um, and it's difficult. It's why there hasn't been a, a back-to-back sort of a cycle champion, like someone who wins a World Cup and then goes on to win the Olympics because it is hard. I was like, that's just true.
1: So newsflash, it's not easy to win an international competition. And for all those people that thought that the US was just going to steamroll through these Olympics because they are so good. No, it's really hard. It is really, really hard it's you
0: got to throw it out there like as a reminder for some folks because there's a little bit of uh, maybe there's a little bit of privilege or a little bit of uh, a little bit of spoiling happening when people are so used to watching this team win all of the time and and live trophies and and have all this type of success that when a loss like that happens it is absolutely jarring it is absolutely jarring and that's not to to take away or disrespect Sweden and and what they did on that day but it absolutely is a bit of a it's a gut punch and a real reality check to be like okay wait a second. There's always, there's always opportunity and this is going to be the main one. And, and for, for Davidson looking ahead to New Zealand and you and I are looking at, at all the, the notes in the paper ahead of these games as well, trying to prepare ourselves. And we're like, man, there's, there's nothing on this New Zealand team. They haven't had a ton of time together over the last 18 months. Not a lot of footage out there on this. What, what, what in the world is the U S going to be scouting when they're trying to prepare for New Zealand and and asking Tina Davidson about that. I also sort of asked if maybe the preparation is mostly on themselves. And she essentially agreed uh, last night and said, the focus has to be on us because there's not a lot there for New Zealand. And she absolutely quoted that infamous DNA quote. She said, we got to really reach down and deep into, you know, bring out our DNA and like have, that be what it is. It's just more uh, along with the preparation for a team like New Zealand and all of the potentials and what ifs, the thing that they really wanna try to control right now is themselves. So it really is a lot of preparation on the mental side of things uh, for the United States ahead of this New Zealand game. Um, And while New Zealand does have capable players on their team, they're playing in an Olympics at the, you know, they're playing at the international level. They would not be here at this level if they weren't a capable and talented team Mm -hmm. Uh, but you have to say looking at these two teams and their and their build up and their lead up into these olympic games despite the loss on both sides of the ball you're looking at usa and saying this team is the team that has to beat this other team so i think if they don't defeat New Zealand it's probably going to be a bigger shock than it was against Sweden. That's what I'm saying where a loss against Sweden is you look at that and you're like, that is absolutely respectable. Sweden is yes. like a team that would cause you trouble and we have been saying it for a very long time. but you look at New Zealand and you're like no 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 you're not trying to be disrespectful here, but USA should go into this game and absolutely be ruthless and win.
1: Sandra, we can't talk about that yet. We're not there yet. We'll <laughs> let everyone know Saturday morning what happened and if if we're smiling or if we're upset, because I'm not gonna lie, I was a little upset after that. Don't find loss. out right away if they just tuned in on our
0: faces.
1: <laughs> but you're exactly right. The United States has to focus on themselves and coming from a player like Tierna Davidson to say that and have that maturity and that um ability to see past what just happened and move forward onto the next game. When you don't have a lot of footage and you don't know much about the team you're going up against, that becomes such a big part of it. Even at a much lower scale of this game, like in high school games, you know your opponents. and high school soccer competition, you know who you're going against. You know their style of play. You know the personnel to look out for. This is so surprising and it, it's really difficult that the United States doesn't have a big scouting packet on New Zealand. Um, that's It's so much of the preparation that goes into this is spent in the classroom, in, in the locker room, in the film room, preparing for what your opponent will throw at you. However, coming off, even if there was so much information on New Zealand coming off of the game against Sweden, the United States needs to focus on themselves despite whatever they know about New Zealand or don't know, they need to hone in on what they can control and what they can focus. And that's what happens between the ears and between the lines. So anything that they can control mentally and emotionally, that's between the ears in their head. And it's the mindset, it's the aggression, it's finding the rhythm, it's having confidence in yourself and in your abilities, because I'm sure confidence levels are not at an ultimate high right now for this team and then between the lines. So what you can do tactically on the field as a team and as a unit um, to instill your game upon your opponents and then really throw that on them. And what's that famous saying, Sandra, it's something along the lines of like, it's only a mistake if you have, if you let it happen again. So for the United States, they, they can't, let this be a let the game against Sweden and all the quote mistakes they made happen again because then they become mistakes. Instead, they have to learn from everything that happened in the game against Sweden. Learn from it. Watch that tape. Understand where they could have positioned their bodies better. Why Rose Lavelle is running down the center of the field, questioning where all of her teammates are, and and continuing to have that growth as a team. Um, but this this game against New Zealand for the United States is a must win. And there is no question about that.
0: Absolutely. We're going to see what's going to happen based on the individual performances and the collective performance as a team uh, from the United States. And we'll be here for everyone to to recap that. We'll also be paying attention, quite frankly, to any adjustments that are made, rotation or otherwise, uh, because we're paying attention to all the coaching decisions as well. And that's all the stuff that we have to cover. So I know people are looking forward to that. And we will be back, uh, you know, with everybody to, to recap all of that stuff. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Just want to remind everyone, if you're enjoying what you're listening to so far, that you can uh, absolutely find us on Twitter at Attacking Third. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you find your podcast. Uh, so go ahead and uh, find us if you're enjoying what you're hearing so far.
1: Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual-wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new
0: Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new
1: Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: It's time for NWSL News. It's time there (laughs) is news. There's so much news. NWSL News ahead of NWSL preview. We're gonna get into it all for everyone. Uh, there are three games. Or there are three days worth of games uh, this weekend for NWSL. And it's appropriate that kicking things off on Friday is going to be Kansas City and North Carolina. Uh, and it's appropriate because there's a trade that took place between these two teams. I uh, didn't expect that we were going to be chatting a little bit of NWSL news before uh, previewing NWSL matches, but here we are. Kansas City and North Carolina Courage engaged in the trade before this weekend's games. North Carolina have acquired Amy Rodriguez and allocation money in a trade with Kansas City. And Kansas City has received Kristen Hamilton, Haley Mace, and Caitlin Rowland from North Carolina. Man, big, big trade. Big, big trade. You know, summer window where there's always that opportunity, will they, won't they? Uh, You've got two teams here, right, Lisa, on two completely different ends of the table. We've got North Carolina Courage kind of in that top six. We've got Kansas City and WSL, newest expansion side, struggling a bit uh, in this season, sitting 10th place, bottom of the table, where they, quite frankly, they have been all season, all year, as opposed to the Courage, uh, you know, who might have got off to a little bit of an inconsistent start uh, in their regular season, but very quickly kind of got things together, had a great June, had a great month of games there. Uh, and during this Olympic stretch, they're trying to retool some things a little bit. It, it sounds like uh, what were your impressions of this trade when you saw it drop?
1: Um, well, when I saw the news drop, my jaw dropped. Uh, not that I was necessarily surprised. I I just wasn't expecting it right now today. Like you mentioned, this is our, this is our off day. We were supposed to be (laughs) casually enjoying our lives in the summer, taking a break from the early morning wake up calls and, and this news dropped and immediately we were like, we gotta, we gotta get on this. Um, This is a really big trade. It's a really interesting trade. A player like Amy Rodriguez has been in this league for years years, like 10 years or something. She's a player that has really integrated herself um, in in this league and with her teams and with the squad from Utah and, and now Kansas City. Um, and But she's also a player that is on the team in last place right now in the league. And that is not something that Amy Rodriguez is used to. She's used to winning. She's used to being not necessarily the star, but she's used to being a key player in the league. And she's still an incredibly key player, was an incredibly key player at Kansas City. However, she wasn't making waves because they weren't winning. And if you're not winning, you're not making headlines. And if you're not moving up in the standings and getting three points every week, you're not being talked about. And Amy Rodriguez was falling through the cracks, not because of her skill and of anything she can do on the field, but just because of the play that was surrounding her. Um, I am not sure how this trade came about, but for Hugh Williams at Kansas city, this is a chance for him to develop his club and a chance for him to acquire great players in Kristen Hamilton, Haley Mays, Caitlin Roland. Great players. Those are great players. Um, before we knew we were going to preview this Kansas City, North Carolina game, and I had some notes sketched out based on what I know about these teams and what I was gonna tell you guys to prep. I was ready. I had my notes ready and then this news dropped and I essentially scrapped all my notes because (laughs) this changes everything. (laughs) This changes everything. You just gotta throw them out the windows sometimes. (laughs) Which happens? This happens all the time. That's that's the beauty of this industry that it's constantly changing and the games are changing, and the players are changing. We we too have to make our own
0: adjustments to our own <laughs> games sometimes. And here we are talking about a trade uh, that will shape the way we chat a little bit about uh, this game. Um It's a we're reacting to it. This news uh, just literally, quite frankly, dropped uh, before we decided to record this this episode. So there's a little bit of information that still needs to come out. Like, will these players be available right away for this weekend's game? Again, this match is going to be taking place on Friday. Uh, that'll probably come out a little bit later once we start seeing uh, injury reports and things like that. Uh, but for the long-term in terms of the remainder of the season, I got to say, I think, I think North Carolina for right now, got the bigger piece that they need, mm-hmm. uh, you know, moving forward. the they're missing Lynn Williams. It's apparent. Um, mm-hmm. Kristen Hamilton is a forward who can really, and we said this on the podcast before already, this a type of forward who could start probably on another top line across the league. So she's going to Kansas city where apparently they want to have some different looks in their attack and they're getting that with somebody like Kristen Hamilton and also a Haley Mace but Haley the Haley Mace aspect of this trade is I think is is what's most interesting for me because this is the player that North Carolina went out to acquire the rights for and it just apparently didn't work out maybe he just wasn't a, a player that was really kind of working uh, within the system uh, that Paul Riley has going on in North Carolina uh, so we'll see how she sort of fits in with Hugh Williams in, in Kansas City. Is this a player that he wants to have involved in his attack? I mean, Haley Mace is someone who also has the ability to play out on the back line.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: and Kansas City needs help everywhere, <laughs> all over all over the pitch. So, so we'll see. We'll see how she she slots in. And uh Kaylin Rowland, they're they're getting a goalkeeper mm-hmm. as well in Kansas City. So you got to see where she sort of fits in. Abby Smith is is injured at the moment. Nicole Barnhart uh, at the latter stages of her career, coming off of the bench, Uh, and maybe they want to just tighten that up there as well in in Kansas City. So we'll we'll see how it all plays out, and it definitely shakes up how this game can look moving forward. I, I think we just got to go to picks. So who do you who do you think might? Take this match, or is it going to be a win,
1: loss, or draw, Lisa? Well, so we don't know if these players will be competing on Friday night in this match. Uh, that changes things, because when I look at the future of this North Carolina team now that they have Amy Rodriguez in their front line, can you just <laughs> imagine the sparks between Jess McDonald and A-Rod? Like, yeah. it's happening. Like, that is that is going to be really big, exciting play. I am absolutely
0: here for the mom squad. Like, hitting yes. the- McDonald and Rodriguez like doing like uh, as yeah. A, in some capacity, I I would love to see it, and apparently we're going to. So I don't know, ooh, I, don't ooh, know. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't know, I don't know. I think um, yeah. it stands. I don't know. Let's let's get wild,
1: Lisa. Let's get wild. I think, so you know what? I'll I'll throw out my picks. I'll throw out my picks. Good. I think North Carolina is going to win this. Right, I do. You know they'll, they'll get the I'm win. Gonna, I'm going to be wild and say
0: Kansas City gets the first win of the year. I don't
1: know.
0: I yes. Sometimes a big shakeup is what is sometimes a big shakeup is what needs to happen for a team. Sometimes you need, you need that jolt. You need that little bit of a jarring, uh, a little bit of a jarring thing to happen. And uh, that, that is big for Kansas city. I mean, this losing Rodriguez, a player that they were touting as someone that they were very happy to have, uh, a veteran forward ties to the US national team, uh, experience at the you know, captaining a team through a lot of ebbs and flows and ups and downs, and uh, now she's gone.
1: So, who's who,
0: who is, who's who's uh, gonna step up? Who's gonna step up and sort of who's be the step up,
1: yeah, and so not just. On the field, who's going to score the goals because she scores, she scores the goals for Kansas City if she used to, but who she's the leader Rodriguez was the leader of that team, the backbone of it the uh, the mom in a sense of like we got to get these things done the players turned and looked to her who is going to fill that role now that she's not there. And you're right. This could be just the right amount of shake for this Kansas city squad to, to get them their first win and they will get a win this year. So it's going to come eventually. And maybe this is the a little electric spark that they needed to get it. I don't know. I'm going to go North Carolina, Sandra. Banana. I'm going to stick with North Carolina. They'll they get will goals. Go to Carolina.
0: I'll stay with, with Kansas city. It'll be something for us to, to chat about on, uh, On the next episode, looking ahead a little bit to Saturday, we've got two matches coming up. Uh, Orlando Pride versus O.L. Reign, Houston Dash versus Portland Thorns. Looking at that first one, Pride versus uh, Reign, number five versus number nine. Both these teams coming off of a loss, Uh, looking for looking for the bounce back, uh, covering O.L. Reign last weekend at uh, Chicago Red Stars. Got to sit in on a little bit of postgame media where Jess Fishlock and Ziara King were made available to the media. And, uh, they were a little bit, you know, they, Jess Fishlock, Frank is always, she's one of the ultimate professionals in this league, kept it very, very real, dropped an expletive in the post game and said <laughs> those were ish goals that, uh, were conceded and that that wasn't even on Chicago. That was absolutely, uh, on OL rain, uh, to have allowed that to happen essentially. So, uh, talk about jolts to teams uh, they're going to be expecting Laura Harvey to return on the sideline to coach them post Olympics. So that uh new change hasn't exactly come into play for them yet. Uh, but that could be happening sooner rather than later. Um, who do you got in this game? Lisa, both these teams need to, to have a bounce back uh, performance.
1: Yes. Bounce back for sure. I think this one's going to the pride Orlando pride. They have, but Ashlyn Harris who was saved her fourth penalty kick last week um, against Portland. Yeah. Okay. Ashlyn Harris go off again and again and again. It's so impressive. Um, and Sydney LaRue, she's, she didn't get a goal last week. Um, she, she, she is there, though. She's struggling a little bit offensively, more just to find her rhythm with the players around her, not that it's anything against her. Um, she's working her tail off. It's not for lack of effort that she didn't score, but she, she'll she get there. Um, I think she hit her 100th NWSL regular season game last week as well, so that's really big for Sydney LaRue. I think Orlando has this one, although well, Rain has a lot of firepower. I think I mentioned this in our recap episode. The players that they have are really good. And Bethany Bowser, four goals this season. She's on a roll. So I think she'll score. She'll get one in past Ashlyn Harris. But I think that Orlando and, and the forwards and Tim Rack, uh, Taylor Korniak, Cindy LaRue, they will they will produce. They're they're getting their rhythm. They're finding out they're they're about to hit their stride. So I'm gonna go both teams to score. Orlando pride to win. What do you have on this one? You know, I think it's,
0: I think it's going to come down to the midfield, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And I think that Orlando has been struggling a bit in the middle third. And when I'm looking at Orlando, especially what I saw coming off of the Red Stars game, if they can keep it turned on because they turned it off a little bit in that Red Stars game, I'm looking at a midfield that has Jess Fishlock, Jennifer Marozan against the midfield uh, for Pride, and I'm saying that they're going to win those battles. Mm -hmm. In that midfield. So Orlando pride, uh, if they, if, if Vigiano is healthy to go, you know, build on her minutes, I think that's going to be huge for the pride. I think they've been missing something in their midfield and Vigiano is a very uh, smart player. Uh, a very, very smart player. And you need to have those type of players in the midfield, those players who could sort of read the play happening a couple passes, you know, before their action, the sequence is actually occurring. And that is what she brought uh, to Orlando Pride in that midfield. So I would like to see it. Uh, I would like to see a good midfield battle. Um, but if O'Reilly end up winning that actual midfield, I think they could kind of squeak it out. I think the pride have been struggling to get on the scoreboard when it counts. And we've been seeing this team show a lot of resiliency and they've picked up consecutive late, very late game stoppage time goals, which are very impressive. And you would love to see the fight in this sort of new wave of culture for the Orlando pride. But it's it's not enough to have these very, very late game goals where you're just you still end up losing the game uh so i think it could go either way honestly i think this one is a real question mark but i'm gonna go you have rain. to pick i'm okay. going all Ring. i want i want to pick the opposite of whatever you're doing <laughs> so that we can just <laughs> watch well, all that easy.
1: makes it interesting
0: all these games are gonna end in draw now watch that's so funny <laughs> uh houston dash houston dash and Portland thorns this is a big one to close out saturday number three versus number one both of these teams having uh, a really good Olympic stretch, quite frankly. Uh, they've been showing uh, the depths of their squads for sure. But Houston, maybe a little bit of a home advantage in this one, hosting mm-hmm. uh, Portland away. Uh, what are you going to be looking for in this match and who you got, Lisa?
1: Well, points-wise, Portland's number one right now. And and we just mentioned Houston number three. Three points for Houston. If they get a win, they get three points. They are now tied with Portland. Um, if you asked me that a month ago, I would have said no way. Houston can't yeah. tie with Portland in, in the <laughs> rankings. Uh, they're doing it. Houston is proving me wrong. I'll, I'll speak for myself. They're proving me wrong. Um, Shea Groom, she's finding her pace. She's getting a little. She's getting a little pissed off, and it's working in her favor. She's taking the game under her control, which she hadn't done previous to this because she had players to lean on. And now that those players are gone for Houston playing in these Olympics and international duty, Shea Groom is taking this game personally. Um, and it's showing, I think Veronica Latsko is also playing pretty well, uh, combining with groom and, and, and that combination has been working well for Houston. And I think Jasmine Spencer could go off in this game. I've been waiting for her. She's almost like a horse in the, in the gate, ready to race. And she breaks through and she gets good opportunities. She, we saw her get a few goals this year already, but I'm waiting for her to just break out of the gates and be a game changer. Um, and I think that she could do this against Portland now, Portland, they're really good right now, Sandra. They are really good. They have Morgan Weaver, Simone Charlie that are stepping into their own. Um, the goals last week that they had over at Orlando, really good goals. These yep. were not lucky goals. These were not easy goals. They were beautiful, well-fought, well-struck, well-executed clinical goals. Sophia Smith's goal was insane, just dribbling down the field and then hitting it upper 90. Um, Natalie Quica is really doing well for this Thorns team. Um, this is going to be a really good match. I think Houston can pull it off. If it's not a draw, which we've already jinxed it, and it's probably going to be a draw. <laughs> I don't want it to be a draw, though. I don't want this to be a draw. No, I want Houston. I always want wins or losses. Yeah, I, mean, I think I- that Houston could win this. Okay, I'm going to go
0: thorns on this one. <laughs> I think they're doing too much in the attack right now. To they be are. Ignored. They're doing way too much in the attack to be ignored right now, and. You know, I, I'm looking to see Morgan Weaver finally get that breakthrough on goal. Yeah. Look, the second year we'll just call it like it is. These are second year rookies because they only got so much time in 2020. But uh this she's in her second year with the Thorns, and, and we're watching her attacking ability progress week mm-hmm. to, to week. It is very, very impressive. Uh, I just we're gonna see it. I, I think this is this might uh this might be the game. For sure. So uh, I'm going to go Portland on this one while you're going. Are you going
1: Portland with a Morgan Weaver goal? Come on, double down on it.
0: Sure. I'm going Portland with a Morgan Weaver goal. (laughs) I
1: I love I can I'm a
0: winner in this either way, because I a I love to be who doesn't like to be right and be. I also like to be wrong. It's fun to talk about that. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'll double down and go with that for sure. Let's close it out, Lisa. We got Sunday, another duo games, racing Louisville FC back from a bye week going up against Washington Spirit. We've got number eight versus number seven. It's not as drastic as you think. We'll hit you with the standings at the end of the episode. Uh, Only a few points uh, separate all of these teams, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. on the table at the moment. But Washington Spirit, Louisville, maybe looking for another statement game in in this Olympic stretch. I got to say, this could be this could be one uh,
1: where it's a real battle. This could be huge if listeners if you guys remember last week Washington played um, defender Sam Stobb got a red card about seven minutes into that match um, and then Washington had to play down 10 against 11 they were still able to score two goals with only 10 women on the field uh, Washington appealed that red card against Sam Stobb saying that she was not the last defender and she did not deserve that and it did get approved so Sam Stobb will be able to play She's a, she is eligible that red card was rescinded um, um, reminder that's the second red card that was rescinded in two weeks for this league Yikes. just a reminder keeping everyone up to date on the news in this league um, so Stab will be in the back with Paige Nielsen and and this allows Andy Sullivan to not be that center back anymore for the Spirit and instead slide her forward into the midfield and when Richie Burke can push Andy Sullivan higher into the midfield and she can be more of an attacking threat and not just a defensive cover for this team. They are more dangerous. They're more dangerous. I mean, anywhere Andy Sullivan is on the field, she's dangerous. But if you can push her higher, um, that that's good for them. However, Racing Louisville, they have a good team. They had a bye week this last week. And I believe that Christy Holly and his squad used this last week and time off. To get better, to really improve, to study their teams that they're playing against, to have some fun and relax a little bit. But they chose to get better over this off week that they had, the bye week. I think Louisville is going to come out and put Washington on their heels. Not right away because Washington's a very good team. They'll possess, they'll pass around. But when Louisville gets the ball, they're going to look to go quick. They have Savannah McCaskill in that midfield who is a force to be reckoned with. She'll battle up against Andy Sullivan. So this midfield battle is going to be really, really big. This game will be won and lost in the midfield. I'm going Louisville. Man,
0: Lisa, I hate to do this, but I'm actually going to agree with you.
1: Wow! Yeah, I'm
0: going against my dark horse piss for right now, pick for right now because I know I, I would say, I was like, yeah, you know, I've been saying it all all year. Spirit are going to be my dark horse pick, and they're going to be a team that is always going to stay kind of in, in the middle and probably sneak into maybe the top six, top four, perhaps. Uh, but I like that Louisville's coming off of a bye week. I think they're going to take a look at some things. There's been some things circulating in the news that I think could be kind of motivating for them. There's a lot of ch- chatter about players that aren't with the team right now. Uh, and I think they're, they're quite frankly over that a little bit. They want to focus on the players that are with them at the moment. And uh, I got to say, I'm, uh, I'm real excited for Nadia Nadeem. And I am not going to choose against Nadia Nadeem on this week where she could get time. Finally. Mm-hmm. With Racing Louisville, I see, she was a big pickup for them, uh, international player coming from PSG. So, uh, and she's a veteran of NWSL. Nadia Nadim is no stranger to this league and what it takes uh, to play in a physical league like this. So, I'm excited to to hopefully see her get some minutes. I, I don't, you don't look at this uh, Louisville roster right now and not be excited about some of the pieces that they have on their team, whether it's a Naveen Salmon or whether it's a Nadia Nadim, and uh, not have some positive things to take away. Uh, from those from their roster so I'm going to go with you I hope I
1: hope Louisville takes this one and I hope we get in a deem goal well welcome to the good side Sandra we're happy to have you over here
0: <laughs> all right all right well let's on see my picks over.
1: on let's the good see. side is my picks
0: all right let's okay <laughs> okay let's see what's going on with this final game then let's see what's going on we've got New Jersey New York Gotham FC versus Chicago Red Stars number four versus number two This is probably going to be uh, another good match. I think it's a real good one to close out uh, the slate of games for the weekend because both of these teams coming off big, big wins in their previous matches and uh, Gotham are the hosts while Chicago is finally hitting the road after having a a bit of a small homestead of their own. Who do you got in this one? Lisa, what are you going to be looking
1: at in the matchups? So this is, this is a tricky game. Um, does the NWSL do this on purpose, put the game last of the weekend? That is probably the mo- most difficult one for me to break down because it seems to be that way week after week. Um, Gotham is a team that going into last weekend had only conceded three goals. Now they've conceded five against a Washington team that only had 10 players on the field. So Gotham's defense is not as solid as it was believed to be. They're still incredible. They have an incredible defense. Don't get me wrong. Didi Herachie, Justel Johnson, Amani Dorsey, Gina Lewandowski, great, great defense. Caprice Didasco, I'll round out that back line for everyone. Um, they have a really good team and a really good defense. However, they conceded goals. Also, they scored three goals, which is something we had not seen a Gotham team do. Score multiple goals, have... Various forms of attack and, and creativity and dynamic ability in the attacking. end. Mitch Purse um, has been really lateral and vertical throughout this season. And last week against Washington, we saw her being more than one-dimensional, two-dimensional, three-dimensional. There was even a little four-dimensional in there from Purse. Um, that was huge for them. And then Chicago coming off that win over O.L. Rain, 3-1. Mallory Pugh. She's getting there. She got that goal. She got the only goal that Chicago scored in that last game. Remember Chicago's on this own goal streak. It's really fun. It's crazy. So watch this game because you never know what could happen. Um however, I think I don't know if I can say this, but I think it's going to be a draw. A 1-1 draw. I you think Chicago what? will score. I think Chicago will score against Gotham. They will. They have there's too much force with Mallory Pugh and Watt up top. There is a lot going for them, and they're, they're hitting their stride. They're right in pace to score another goal. However, I think that Gotham can score as well, and I think that because Gotham got three goals last week, they are going to put a little more willpower and a little more force in getting numbers up, opportunities, maybe exposing themselves in the back a little bit. But it'll get them a goal against Chicago. I I honestly want to go one 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 draw. But what do you think?
0: Listen, I wouldn't be surprised if that's if that's the case. Both of these teams, when they met earlier in the season, it was a draw. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked if it ends up that way once again in this matchup. But I hope there's a result quite frankly, because oh, the results yeah. are more fun. There's more for us to, to break down, but I'm not choosing against them. I rolled up here today in my Chicago gear. Uh, go Sox. Uh, so I'm going to be going for what the red else stars. is new. You're always in Chicago. Gear, Sandra, that's that's how Represent. I present. You got to, you got to stay on brand for the folks. Don't can't, can't confuse the people out there, Uh, but I'm going to be going for the red stars on this one. Um, I really do think it's going to come down to the midfield. While I think there's like some really intriguing, attacking parts in this game on both sides of the ball. I think it could come down to a clogged midfield to see what we're going to happen. I mean, we're watching McCall Zerboni get regular starts with this Gotham side again, and it's it's huge. It's huge. Uh, it's it's not shocking to me that there are positive results uh, for this Gotham side as she's getting more time with this team after working her way back from injury. And Allie Long has been like the one consistent factor in this midfield for Gotham. And then for Chicago, they are really intriguing in their midfield as well, because they've really have been, uh, taking a look at their midfield tactically, and they're kind of doing a bit of player rotation based on the opponent that they face. So who we're going to see in that midfield, uh, you know, all depends on, on game day. Uh, are we going to see a Waldmo, uh, in place? Are we going to see a Colaprico? Well, we'll see. Uh, but I think there are more pieces there in Chicago's midfield uh, to, to sort of maybe change some things up, uh, you know, other than, than Gotham. So we'll we'll see. I won't be surprised if it is a draw, but uh, I'm going to hope that there's a result and I'm going to hope that there's one in the favor of the Chicago Red Stars. If they force mm-hmm. Gotham and their notorious backline into an own goal, it you better put some respect Chicago's that's yes. on Chicago's thing. That's going to be yes. way impressive. Uh, so, so we'll see. Uh, that's the final game closing out. The weekend of matches for everybody, lots of soccer action happening. Uh, Let's take a look at these standings before we sort of dip out and roll out from this episode. We've got Portland Thorns at number one with 19 points, Chicago Red Stars at number two with 17, a four way tie from number four through number six uh, with or from number three to number six with Houston Dash, Gotham FC, Orlando Pride and North Carolina Kurds. They're all tied on 16 points. Number seven is Washington spirit with 15 points. Number eight is racing Louisville with 11 points. Number nine is oil rain with 10 points and Kansas city NWSL with three points at the bottom of the table at number 10 folks try to drink some water in between all of these games. We're talking NWSL action, Olympic action, Friday, super Saturday and Sunday. There's
1: a lot, Lisa. Fans, fans and reporters, we have to stay hydrated, just like the players. Stay hydrated,
0: (laughs) drink your water, get your, you know, electrolytes in there and get your caffeine in there when you can and when you're supposed to be smart with it. You got to be smart with your caffeine. And as always, we'll probably be doing our little caffeine check in everybody. Just want to thank you all for listening. A quick reminder, again, to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We're also available as videos, so subscribe to us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash Attacking Third, and we'll be back Saturday with an Olympic episode. So for San Guerrero and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.